You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. That's me. Welcome to Bride Chilla, my lovely friends. This is a wedding planning podcast. I want to go, it's a wedding planning podcast with a difference, but that would sound wanky. I suppose I've just summed it up. Uh, Bride Chilla is all about planning your wedding without losing your shit. And this is episode 303 of the show entitled Wedding Planning Regrets. In the past week, I put a post on the Bride Chiller community, our private Facebook group, and I asked our members what regrets, if any, that they have had during their wedding planning process. And even uh, we had some lovely chiller grads, what we call our Bride Chiller graduates, people who have already gone through with the wedding, <laughs> gone through, it sounds like they've been under duress, they've gone through with it, who have had their weddings and are still in the community, who are old wedding wise ones who can sometimes jump in and go, I didn't do this, or this was great, this worked, this didn't, here's a good suggestion. They're great. We love you. So it was a great conversation and I'll say uh, I have a lot of information to get through. You were very keen to contribute and I must say if you're new to the Bride Chiller podcast, if you've perhaps just gotten engaged over the holiday season, which I know is a very popular time for our Northern Hemisphere people, the Australians don't really do it over Christmas very much. If you hear my accent, that's where I'm from. We just do it whenever. There's not really a time. Whereas I know in the States, it's like Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, all these days and everyone gets engaged. And I always notice, delightfully, we get a little bit of a peak in our listenership. We find new people to join the Bride Chiller community. So if you are new to the show and you haven't gone along to Facebook and joined our Facebook group, I highly encourage it because it's a free-thinking, non shit group and I say shit and I'm going to just really generalize here I know there's a lot of forums out there that can be not great places to ask questions that are helpful well to provide helpful feedback because people can be assholes and it's a non-asshole community I mean I can be an asshole in real life but I'm not an asshole in the forum I did put a post up this week just saying look we don't use the word tacky I fucking hate that shit and the people go oh that's so tacky you're like you're tacky fuck off so um yeah we don't and I'm not like a totalitarian bride chiller leader here. I'm not going through and and censoring anything. We're just basically saying, be cool. Like uh, Luann, Countess Luann from uh, The Real Housewives of New York, one of my favorite TV shows because I'm a classy bird. And she says, be cool. Don't be uncool. Just be cool. And that's all I ask you to do in the bride chiller community. Make it stay a cool place to be and uh, leave the asshole tendencies at home. I pack them away when I'm there, although I do sometimes reply to questions that I think perhaps need a little bit of fun added to them with gifts, because I would like to do all of my conversations, emails in gift form or GIF. Before we kick off the episode, I wanted to say a very big thank you to the members of the Bride Chiller community who jumped on board our Facebook Live this week. Rich and I did a little bit of a silly broadcast from our kitchen while Rich was cooking a curry, and we hit the button on the Bride Chiller store to release the Bride Chiller Survival Guide and the Bride Chiller Field Guide. You'll be hearing lots more about these books, my books that I've written, produced, and now we are having them printed in China and they're being shipped to be received hopefully mid-Feb 
early March at the latest, dependent, just dependent on the weather, weather depending on the seas where they put them on the ships, the cargo ships. But we're really hopeful we'll receive them in time. And we thought, what better way to help uh, say thank you to the community is to pre-launch and offer you a pre-order situation. We've put together a special pack. It's $50 US. I can't do currency conversions on the fly, but let's just say it's 50 bucks and uh, it's the two books and a special Happy Days tote bag, which we are really delighted to be offering. And it's a really good price. You save 30 bucks basically, if you buy the pack. We're offering this pre-order to our community and the Facebook page until mid-February. And also everyone who orders will be put in the draw to win a very special Bride Chiller Pamper Pack, which is a lot of beautiful beauty products uh, that we are bringing to you, which is valued at over $250. So if you order, if you pre-order now, you can jump into the draw. Everyone who pre-orders before mid-February will be instantly um, put in the draw. And I will put in today's show notes uh, a link and an image to listing everything that's in that prize and all the terms and conditions. So thank you so much to everyone that's pre-ordered. As I said, you'll hear more about the books, but in short, the Bridechiller Survival Guide is a complete wedding planning guide. It's a reading book and it will take you from engagement to wedding night sex. It's a very Bridechiller style book. It ain't your normal wedding planning book. There's lots of stuff in it that potentially you wouldn't be reading in the knot, and I'm fucking happy about that. Also, the Bride Chiller Field Guide is our filler-outable wedding planning guide. You can keep track of everything, and what I'm most proud of is that each vendor section, each vendor area has a big, long list of questions that I would suggest you take along to your appointments and ask and make sure all of your bases are covered, which I might say ties in very well with today's episode of Wedding Planning Regrets. If you, just lastly, would like to pre-order, all you need to do is go to bridechillerstore.com and you will be able to follow the links and place your orders. Delivery, as I said, will be in February, mid-February, early March, but everyone who orders, I will send out some emails to keep you updated on the shipping. Thank you. All right. Okay, to the episode. Today, as I said, we're looking at wedding regrets. And gee whiz, there was a vast array of regrets. And I just want to say, as an individual, I choose not to really look back on choices and decisions in my life with regret because I think everything we do, you know, I don't want to go for a reason because I don't believe that. I'm like, it happened for a reason. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I don't believe in that woo-woo, but I do believe that you can learn from choices and, uh, you know, it, it takes you in different directions that you might not have been taken before. So when I posed the question, I said, this doesn't have to be a negative nilly. We don't want people just going, oh, I just wish I didn't do that. It ruined everything. Although we did have a couple of people comment and say, probably wouldn't have done this because the outcome would have been different. But really, it was more a topic that I thought would be great for new bride chillers or people that are just joining the community and are starting their wedding planning afresh because I often think the best advice comes from people who have had experiences and similar experiences to you and it's just great to hear what other people did and then go okay that's a good suggestion or I don't I won't make that same that mistake or go down that same path so it was a really really good way for people to just vent, but also sort of say, this is why I decided to do this. This is why it didn't work, or this is why I perhaps should have taken a different path. Common themes of these posts are money, 
family members and their opinions and interest in the wedding. We also had a lot about bridesmaids. And also, one thing I'm passionate about is overcommitting of time. Just the idea that you want to spend a year of your life or longer and also a lot of your physical relaxo time or time that you might be playing sport or socializing, it sort of becomes a bit overwhelming um, with wedding planning or you can get it to the point where it becomes overwhelming. And I suppose the whole concept and the ethos of Bride Chiller is trying to help you really sort out your time management and also finding ways to de-stress and maybe give commitment to other people like as as in you know hire a wedding planner or go on Fiverr or Upwork and and really be able to delegate certain tasks that just aren't worth your time or perhaps are worth your time if you had the time to actually do it but you don't because you've got to live your life and be a human. So we're not perfect, no such thing as perfect by the way and sometimes it's just easier to find someone else to do the job or get, get rid of the job altogether, put it in the fucker bucket, we really love that. I'm going to try and get through as many of these fantastic regrets that sound sort of a double negative, but the suggestions that you left in the community, because there were some that I think are really relevant to a lot of people, some are very specific and they might not be necessarily something you're coming across already in your wedding planning, but I think all of them have this great sort of connection of being honest and transparent and realizing that potentially we put too much pressure on ourselves to get shit done. Bridechilla Sam says, thinking, my regret is thinking I could work full-time, do full-time school, volunteer at the Humane Society, work out three times a week, have a part-time job and plan a wedding all at once. I'm literally on the verge of a mental breakdown. To which I'm not even planning a wedding anymore. I'm just planning a wedding podcast and books and day job and all this other shit and trying to be married. Not trying to be married. I am married. Legitimately. It's all legal. But just trying to maintain a relationship because that's another thing I think we often just go, oh, it's fine. We'll deal with that later. And you're actually wanting to focus time on being with your other person and not talking about wedding planning stuff and just being freaking normal. It can be really hard when you've got a lot going on. So I completely empathize with you, Brad Chiller, Sam. And also, you sound like a top person. You're volunteering, you're doing your exercise, you're trying to do full-time school as well as work full-time. It's mental and have a part-time job. I just palpitated for you. I wish you all the best, Brad Chiller, Sam. And I hope being a part of this community is helping you just maintain the calm in whatever way you can. Brad Chiller Heather says she regrets going batship crazy, buying decor within the first two months of our engagement. <laughs> a year later, I have a, such a clearer vision of our day and our aesthetic, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with the boxes of stuff that once worked, but now probably won't. The buying things early was definitely a running theme in a lot of the feedback that I received when I asked this question. And it's so normal and natural. You get excited, you get engaged, and you're like, let's spend some money. I'm going to buy some shit. It feels like you're doing something. And it's like any sort of time in your life when you've got something to organize. I know I feel good when uh, I spend money and that's bad, but that's just our consumerist capitalist world we live in and that's fine. It's the stage we're in. But it also feels like you're achieving something if you're like ticking it off. But without the overall plan, without figuring out exactly 
well, at least having a rough plan of what you want it to look like, what you want to do with uh, decor and as as, uh, we were talking about the aesthetics of the day. Down the track, you can get much more of a wider perspective of how it's going to look and how the day will flow. And jumping in and buying stuff early, although it's fun and you feel like you're achieving often, as Bridechilla Heather's saying, it can actually be a a step back because you're spending money, you are making choices that potentially, and this is a small thing, she's just, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't small having to spend this money, but just decor. But some people, as you'll hear, have made really big decisions very rashly and quickly partially because they feel pressured to do it because some vendors not I don't you know a lot of them our vendors that listen to this show and not these people but some vendors are really good at putting the hard pressure and the hard word on couples FOMO is a huge thing especially when it comes to venues of venues going well this time last year it was all booked so you've got to pay the deposit now or get out and being in that position where you found something you like or an item it doesn't have to necessarily be a huge thing like the venue like Heather's saying she sort of found some things she liked she designed it and then went actually it doesn't really fit later on and it it can feel like a bit of pressure to go oh just make the decision it's done and sometimes that works out really well other times not so much Bridechiller Natalie said I regret not searching for more photographers and doing interviews my photographer is great we love his work he's done a lot of our friends weddings but I'm not sure our personalities mesh super well I'm not really comfortable around him. I loved this comment, Natalie, because the photographer is one of those vendors that I think you really do need to have and not some sort of spiritual connection. You're not going to go and be best friends. But this person is going to be with you throughout the whole day. They are witnessing the most intimate moments of this day. And if you are not comfortable, and I'm really sort of morbidly interested when you say you're not super comfortable about is it his attitude is it the way he talks is it his demeanor I mean sometimes you just get vibes from people and you just go I don't really dig you and that's totally cool we can't all dig each other but it is really important with the key players that you hire and you spend your hard-earned money on or your parents or someone else's hard-earned money that you really can visualize and working with them. And as I said, you don't have to be besties, but you do want to feel comfortable, especially photography, because a lot of the time, 95% of people who are listening to this podcast, hopefully, uh, are not people that are being photographed all the time. Maybe you're a performer, maybe you've gone and had headshots done or you've got a a career that does focus a little bit more on glamour and posing and doing all this stuff. But actually, for some people, photography and and being photographed for over a long period of time can be quite intimidating. And I'm someone that's done a lot of, you know, not modelling, but certainly a lot of performing. And when I would do comedy shows, you'd go and get your new poster image done and then with agents would push every freaking year for new headshots. You change your hair, you get photos done. And even for someone that's done quite a lot of it, I still feel a bit, I don't know. You've got to do your, that's me warming up. You've got to feel like you can relax a little bit. And I've certainly worked with photographers. I'm like, I don't like you and I don't like the way you're talking to me. You're not making me feel relaxed or comfortable. So very long story short, I think it's very important to feel a bit of a connection or at least find a way to work with people, especially that are going to be working with you on an intimate level. 
if it's just someone delivering the ice on the day, fuck off. It doesn't matter. Bride Chiller Katie, I regret panicking and picking our venue way too fast. We were going to have a wedding in San Diego where my parents live, but it's too complicated planning from afar. So a few months later, we decided to move the wedding to Seattle where we live. But because the wedding was 11 months out, I panicked, convinced we would not be able to find a good place for our June wedding. And uh, while I do love the venue for the view, we can't have a rehearsal there, so we can't do a sound check. I also really didn't think about the size, so things will be a little tight. And we're doing a ceremony and reception in the same place, so trying to flip the room will be hard if it's raining and people can't go out on the balcony. Actually, speaking of the balcony... It's not big enough to fit everyone, so flipping the room is going to be difficult either way. I still have to find solutions. Katie, I know because you're a bride chiller, you will find solutions, but this is a, you know, a really common thing as I go back to the venue. Feel, people feel pressured. It's really common advice that people will give, and this is professionals and also you know, reading the freaking knot or something like that. I don't know, I have to keep referring to it as the freaking knot. It's the knot. Yes, venues are important, but you want to make sure that booking the right venue and booking a venue that works for you and your numbers and the situation that you want to play out vis-a-vis if you want to have the ceremony and the reception in the same place then you're going to need a versatile space whether that is you know weather dependent or not um, it, it can be really tricky and I think sometimes you go to venues and they put their hard word on you or you are in situations like Katie and you go shit I've got to pick something very tricky Bridechilla Becker says, I regret buying my wedding dress so soon, just three days after we got engaged. Don't get me wrong, it's definitely the dress for me, but I envisaged having my future mother-in-law and bridesmaids with me when I picked out the gown and I didn't even get to have that moment with them. Instead, I impulse bought the gown after having tried on maybe six others in one salon. I'm almost certain I would have picked the same dress regardless, but I wish I had shopped around a little more and I would have had more time to include the people I love in the experience. Another thing, I just want to reiterate about dresses. If you're buying a couture gown, couture, I don't say that very nicely. If you're buying a gown and a couture gown just means that they're making it to order. It is made for you. And a lot of sort of, I don't want to say standard, a lot of bridal salons, boutiques will make dresses for you. So you go in and you try on a sample and then the sample is then they decide which size it's going to be and then they say, okay, we'll place the order, you you put a deposit down and then we will make the dress for you. This situation is where the panic comes from because, yes, a lot of the time the dress does take the six months ahead of time to create but there are so many other options. This is just me talking about this pressure for people to feel that they need to buy something a year out of from their wedding date. There are so many other options now where dress companies, designers, off-the-rack businesses will provide you with the dress within weeks or even on the day, a la David's Bridal. You can just buy off the rack. So I think a lot of people feel a lot of stress in making a decision, especially when they visit bridal stores that are like, you must place an order now. If you don't do it today, it's not going to come. We've only got 12 months. I'm really stressed. And it's like, look, you don't have to do that. Yes, it's lovely if you want to have a made-to-order gown, great. But I think sometimes 
they do a little bit of a little bit of you know fear mongering in the fact that you know if you don't buy a dress today it's never going to come Brad Becker, I'm sure you have picked a beautiful dress and you know you can have that experience over and over again you could you could put the bloody thing on in your lounge room and wander around and people will still ooh and ah so I think it's marvelous and also good for you for taking a big thing off the list three days in I'm sure there are lots of people listening going shit I wish I did that Bride Chiller Joy, I regret not going with our hearts and original instincts to have a wedding in the wilderness. We booked a traditional venue thinking that the wilderness wedding wasn't doable, but luckily we came to our senses and cancelled our venue and are making our dream wedding work. Oh, I like this. This is a redemption story. It's a redemption regret redemption story. Doesn't make much sense, Alicia. Good. You make sense, Bride Chiller Joy. I do not. She says, I wish I wouldn't have been so blinded because now we may not get our deposit back from the original venue. Just go with your heart no matter what it takes. I love this message, Joy, because so often, and I think this is quite unique to our community and the Bride Chiller community, especially if you're new. Um, you know, one of the messages that you see over and over again in our fantastic Facebook group is people just saying, just put aside the pre determined ideas that a lot of people have about weddings and what it should be and actually you know go with your gut and go with what works and the the wilderness wedding obviously that is something that is really relevant to your life and your passions joy and it's what you wanted but there's sometimes this little voice it's like just do the normal thing go standard be cookie cutter and sometimes that really works and sometimes it doesn't So bully for you for taking a step outside, maybe risking the deposit, but then all in all, what's losing a deposit, I know it's not great, but then having a freaking amazing day in the wilderness. I'm imagining it now. Top stuff. There will be more of your wedding planning regrets, and we've got some really good ones coming up. Uh, if (laughs) If you contributed on the community page, just keep an ear out. There's lots of stuff lots of money-related regrets, and lots of family-related regrets. Everyone likes to poke their noses in. It's like, fuck off. I've said that too many times this episode. A bit aggressive today. Just heading into the break, I'd like to remind uh, you that we are very happy when you use Bride Chiller sponsors, partners, codes, and you follow going to the websites. It's really great to be able to present this show with partners that I choose we get offered to have people come on board and and offered you know wedding loans and fucking bankruptcy shit that comes through and it's like this is not my scene these are not my people so honestly we really are very careful with who we bring on board because I see the people that come along and sponsor the show as representatives of the bride chiller community in the greater sphere so I thank you for supporting them and uh, it really helps me keep the podcast going and pay beautiful Erica and stay sane so thank you in advance for supporting these partners in today's episode I am talking all about wedding planning regrets things that we can learn from other bride chillers and groom chillers who may have made certain decisions and regret them deeply, or even just regret them slightly. (laughs) People regrets are hard because sometimes we regret things 
post-event or post-situation when you go, shit, I wish I'd just stepped up and told that person to back off or, gee, I wish I didn't invite that person to take part in this event or I wish they weren't taking part as much or I wish I told them to shut up or sit down or their opinion isn't that important. And it's really easy to say that in hindsight, but when you're in the heat of it, as we all bloody know, It can suck and be really hard, especially if that person is someone you care about or has influence over your life or influence over money. (gasps) If they're wedding donors, what I call wedding donors that are parents or close family members or friends who are generously donating money, who are gifting you some sort of monetary assistance, it can be very hard to step back when they make requests that are considerably unreasonable, I would say, and then say, actually, we don't want to do it that way, when they then sometimes hold the prospect of that money over your heads. It sucks. Bridesmaids were a big topic of conversation and got lots of feedback, people commenting. Bridechilla Hannah said, having a large bridal party, this is something she regrets. Well, I love my girls. It's a lot of personalities to handle, plus all of the costs for gifts, makeup, bouquets, day of items, day of items, gosh, come on, Alicia, is multiplied by seven and adds up really quickly. True that, true that. Uh, also, Bride Chiller said, "Sarah, God, am I having I'm having problems today? I need a I like I need a third coffee." Bride Chiller Sarah says, "I regret asking so many of my friends to be bridesmaids. I wish I'd kept it to a smaller number. This is hard because you get excited and you want everyone to be a part of it, and then you realise you don't." DIY regrets were also a big bone of contention for a lot of people. Bride Chiller Sarah said. I got caught up in the small objects that should just go in the fuck it bucket. I almost spent $150 on a guest book. Future husband straightened me out. So I got a $30 one in the end. Good. You know, it's one of those age old nana things that you'd say. And I actually did it today. I went to a pump class and then I went for a little run after the pump class because I thought I would have to be lowering myself onto the toilet for the rest of the week if I didn't work through some of the tightness in my legs. And then on that run, I thought, you could do with some more workout clothes, Alicia. And it's just because I was captivated probably by someone in the pump class. This is subliminal shit. Just bear with me. I'm getting to the point. Someone in the pump class had really good workout clothes. And I literally just wear my stretchy pants and a running t-shirt. It's not glamorous. No Lululemon shit for me. Although if I had a lot of coin, I'd probably buy it. And after the run, Rich is out doing his sport. I went past TK Maxx. What do you call it? TJ Maxx. Whatever the fuck. In England, it's called TK Maxx. And I was listening to a podcast. I was feeling all relaxed. I've been really good with my spending. So we've got a big trip back to Australia coming up. And I got wrapped up in this idea of buying nice workout clothes. And I went to the trouble. I went and tried them on. And then I thought, I'll buy some a new top and some new pants, trousers, things. And then I, I had to stop myself. It's like I was in a dream. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, it's 50 pounds. It's like $100. I was like, it's 50 pounds, Alicia. What are you doing? Just because you saw some chick in your class looking good, who's probably got a lot of money? Ugh, it's not you. 
and I awoke from the dream. And yeah, it's not that much money, I suppose, in the scheme of things. But I was like, you don't need this shit. Stop buying more stuff. I was in this haze. And I know it's really easy to do that. And because I haven't really been shopping very much, I got sort of swept up in it. I know people can do that, especially if you go to Michael's or you go if you go to a TJ or a TK Maxx and you go, this is cheaper than it would be in a department store. But also you're like, do you need this stuff? And again, I am not anti-capitalist, anti-consumer. I fucking love spending money. But I also think, especially when you've got other things to spend money on that I know I personally will enjoy further down the track a lot more, like our holiday and, uh, (laughs) you know, going and buying some cocktails while we're out on our holiday, my sweaty old gym gear that I wear every week will be just fine to wear to the gym. I don't need new stuff. So I think it's just, look, that was the end of my little sermon. But when it comes to buying wedding stuff, it's really easy to jump in and spend money. Put it down, step away. And if you really still want it the next day or the next week, go back and buy it. This is basic shit, but so often we forget. And I had to remind myself today to do that very thing. Why, oh why, do you need to wear fancy gym clothes? I don't know, maybe it's just me. You want to feel good because you're looking at those mirrors and you're looking at all the other people reflected back at you. It's hard. Shut it down. Shut it down. I have just realized that we're at the 33-minute mark and I've still got like a page, like two pages of your amazing suggestions. So I'm just going to ask you, you're not here. You can't answer back. I'm going to have a conversation with you. Do you think we could spread this out into another episode? Because also I noticed today people are still commenting on this board. (gasps) I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this. I'm going to extend this into a two-parter. I hope this is helpful. I hope it's helpful. And I hope you're not like, fuck, Alicia, wind this shit up. Um, I want to finish before I head to go and try and stretch out my legs a little more. Jeez, it's tight. Pump class. Does anyone else do pump? I fucking love pump. Bridechilla Alicia. I got so caught up in the excitement that I basically made every decision super quickly. The date I originally wanted for the venue was booked for 2018, so that sent me into a panic mode and I began quickly making lots of very expensive decisions. At this point, I'm still really happy with everything planned, but definitely thinking, wait, why aren't we just eloping? Oh dear, why aren't we just eloping? I think some bride chillers will be having that tattooed onto their foreheads. I wanted to also, before I wrap this up, do you feel comfortable with the second part? Honestly, there are so many good answers, and I feel like if I race through them in 10 minutes, it wouldn't be fair. You've got so many good things to say, and literally, I haven't even got to the family shit yet. Family, Families are crazy. So that will be next week. Bump it, bump it. Um, I want to say, again, thank you to everyone that's pre-ordering the Bride Chiller pack. I have a couple of competitions running at the moment We have the Bride Chiller pre-order competition, which is where you can win a Bride Chiller pamper pack valued over $250. If you are listening the week that this is released, the week um, episode 303 is released, which I do believe is the uh, week of January the 15th, we're also running a competition with Flex. We're giving away 10 trial sample packs of Flex, our sponsor for this week one of our sponsors, and uh, if you would like to enter that, you just need to head to the Bride Chiller Facebook page. I'll also link to it in the community so you can comment there as well and jump on board. I love Flex. Seriously, this is it is literally a game changer when it comes to period management. And I say management in a very feminist way. 
I just mean I literally forgot last month that I had my period, except for the slight cramping. Fuck the cramps, honestly. Uh, also, <laughs> everyone who buys the Bride Chiller packs, the guide, the Bride Chiller Survival Guide and Bride Chiller Field Guide before February the 20th will be automatically um, added to our prize draw. So I just wanted to say that. Next week, part two of this episode that I've decided on the spot that's happening. I've also got some amazing guests. Lovely Erica Greenwood Risen's coming back on. She is a very familiar face in the Bride Chiller community. She's a wedding coordinator and planner. She's coming on to actually uh, do a suggested topic that one of the Bride Chillers said a few weeks ago in the forum that they would like to know all of the little things that potentially you forget to to create, you forget to organize that a professional planner or coordinator would think of. So if you are if you were doing it DIY your wedding or even if you have a coordinator and planner, it's a really great episode. We recorded it yesterday and I learned a lot and it's just great to think from the perspective of someone that does it all the time about some of the little details that potentially you can forget and actually make a really big difference. So that episode will be coming up in a few weeks time. Also, I've got some great guests that I'm recording over the next few weeks. Rich and I are heading out on the road in uh, February and March. We will be visiting some family in the States and also going home to Australia for three weeks. We are thinking about doing some bride chiller meet and greets. We're just trying to figure out our timings. I will keep you abreast of that. If not, we will go back to the States in the summer and we will do a proper tour and maybe some book readings and uh, some fun events. So don't fear. Eventually, you'll be able to see me and meet me in person if that is something that you desire to do. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. And thank you to everyone who spreads the Bride Chiller word to their family and friends. If you know someone that's getting married that could deserve a little bit more chill in their lives, please send them my way. We love to meet new Bride Chillers and the community is growing every day. And that makes me very happy. If you'd like to visit thebridechiller.com, that's where you can uh, stalk me, learn more about the podcast, the books, and also join the community. You can follow the links. Until next week, happy days. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014. 